Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Pod Sequentialism. I'm your host, Matt Kennedy. Uh, we take Pod Sequentialism weekly at Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. We are also brought to you by La Luz de Jesus Gallery inside this, the Wacko Soap Plant Superstore in Los Feliz and by Gallery 30 South in Pasadena, my new endeavor with my wife, who has a great line of jewelry. Um, she works under the name Adnohia, and the line is called Insomnia. And uh, her work was recently accepted by the Danish National Gallery. So uh, big kudos to Mrs. Kennedy. And... Um, this is going to be a pretty fascinating episode for a number of reasons, and it's it's kind of I like that this show is organic enough that we can kind of just pop stuff into the schedule fairly frequently, and because of the different types of people that I know and different interactions online, um, it's it's fun to come back into contact with people that I know really well that I don't get to see often enough, and so um, I was on on the Facebooks and um, and I came across a post by a friend of mine who was talking about how after years of being able to evade um, a stalker that he had found her yet again and that there was just really nothing in place to, to be able to prevent this type of activity. And in the course of that thread, I came back into contact with my friend Lenora Claire. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, Welcome anytime. And, and sure. Lenora is one of these people who I could have on about 20 different subjects. Yeah, you'd uh, think I'd be here for art, but that's, yeah, not, I know, not this right? time, not the last few years, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and um, Lenora's a, um, an independent curator, has um, run galleries, um, has done some tremendous events, gotten a lot of attention for, for the arts in Los Angeles, um, has really come at it from a high concept angle on a couple of shows as well. Um, we've always been looking for an excuse to work together. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Yeah. And, um, and you know, as a TV producer, working in reality, and, and just the, the many, many projects that, that you're working on, it's interesting and timely that we're going to be talking about what is kind of your, your mission project, yeah. which is to educate people about stalking and to try and change the laws. Yeah, I mean it, it. It goes it goes so much deeper than that. Like my personal story is, I've actually been stalked since 2011. Uh, it actually began because I had opened my second gallery, mm-hmm. and I was getting a lot of press. I was one of the LA Weekly People of the Year, just you know, kind of doing my thing. And, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time. And um, unbeknownst to me, there was a man whose birth name is Justin Masler, but we're gonna have to call him Cloud Star Chaser because that's his legal name. So okay. we're just gonna refer to him as that. And he was stalking Ivanka Trump out in New York. Remember, this is 2011. Ivanka Trump, not right. current. And, um, you know, he had been arrested multiple times for stalking her. And then he had skipped bail, came to Los Angeles, opened up the LA Weekly, saw me and was like, oh, I like this one, whatever. So he showed up to my gallery and he was wearing a spacesuit. Right. Wow. And, you know, we were, we're close in age. And so we actually had some like good conversation when we first met. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, graphic novels and, you know, various things. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, you look like Jessica Rabbit. I was like, OK, thanks. I get that sometimes. And then he goes and, and Lilu from the Fifth Element. I was like, OK. And he's like, and you're a supreme being and I'm going to stalk you. 
I was like, what, what, excuse me? Um, yeah. And you could like see like the spirals in his eyes, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I realized he wasn't quite right. So I kind of kicked him out of the gallery. I didn't really think much of it. And then a few days later it was on the news. Um, he had been, I believe extradited by bounty hunters hired by the Trumps to stand trial in New York wow. for his crimes towards Ivanka. And then he was convicted. He went to Rikers Island in Bellevue and he served out time there and started sending me letters to my gallery in the corner. They said, jail mail because writing me from right. jail i get a ton of yeah. mail from from prisoners i'm sure yeah. you do i'm yeah. sure you do um and so it started off kind of harmless just i i felt kind of bad from these long handwritten ramblings about pop culture whatever he's thinking like whatever and then over the years they begun to escalate into graphic rape and death threats and wow. like i'm a jew like he would threaten to kill me with zyklon b which is what they use in the holocaust right <sighs> and he would write these rape trilogies about me that were like i mean i don't know how graphic but just really awful stuff like, and like rape fan fiction type Stuff. Yes, exactly. Like one specifically was called Lord of the Racks, which was um, a Lord of the Rings themed rape trilogy where my boobs are the rack of power. And it's like they're really cr- like he's very bright. Like he right. was he went to Exeter. Um, I've heard that he was I think he got like a when on the 48 hours episode they did about my case. They sh- had a lot of facts I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know he got near perfect on his SATs, but it makes sense. He's very bright, but he's also schizophrenic. And I want to yeah. just preface all this by saying my dad was a psychiatrist. I have a lot of empathy for the mentally ill. I'm not here to shame them. I, you know, but, and certainly not all mentally ill people and not all schizophrenics are dangerous. Just my stalker is a dangerous schizophrenic right. mentally ill person. And I want to, I want to bring something up because I think that there's possibly an attitude about like, the fact that if you're kind to somebody, that you're somehow at fault for whatever follows. And that is just complete garbage. Sure. And I mean, I know so many girls who have, you know, met somebody online and gone on a date and the first yeah. half of the date goes great. And this person seems really cool. And, and that you've that person has passed all of your kind of internal security checks up to a certain point. And then things get a little weird and you realize, OK, this person has done a really good job of masking whatever this possibly dangerous psychosis is Mm -hmm. to a degree and then you feel really threatened and it gets really scary and there are some people that have this attitude and i think it's like i say i think it's complete garbage that it's like well you and you you engage this person in a conversation it's like you know i talk to a lot of people all day and they that that conversation does not give somebody the right to follow me around to make me uncomfortable to invade my personal space to touch me you know any of this stuff and I, i wanted to get that out of the way because you know it's it's just this thing I think that's out there, and especially as it relates to kind of geek fandom, mm-hmm. that there is maybe even more entitlement, and uh, and there's a term, and we're going to talk about that. Oh, it, the the victim shame, or, or well, no, the errata. Um, oh, errata mania. Er- yeah. yeah. So errata mania. Again, my dad was a psychiatrist, so I grew up reading like the DSM four. Yeah. Um, so. Oddly enough, it's not in the DSM-5, but erotomania is when it's a it's a type of mental illness where someone has a false connection they believe to be true. For example, my stalker at times believes I'm his wife, I'm his girlfriend, we have a romantic relationship that never actually occurred. Right. Um, and that can be particularly dangerous. Like, for example, in the death and murder of Rebecca Schaefer, who we'll definitely talk about because... Uh, Rhonda Saunders, the former uh, assistant district attorney that I've been working with, who mm-hmm. wrote not only California's original stalking laws, but the, entire, the first laws in the United States were um, due to Rebecca Schaefer's case in 89, yeah. laws passed in 92. And Rebecca Schaefer very famously was yeah. a, a sitcom star, was on the TV show My Sister Sam, um, played Pam Dauber's um, younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a top rated Nielsen show. Yeah. 
and um, she was a young actress with, you know, as they say, uh, her career in front of her. Yeah, as I was telling you before we started, he, um, she was actually reading the script for Pretty Woman, which she was about to audition for. It looked like she was going to get it. I always thought she could have had Julie Roberts' career. She had this real America's Sweetheart quality to her. And the reason why I bring her up, besides the fact you just kind of have to because it's such a landmark uh, story, um, her stalker, John Bardo, he had erotomania. What set him off was he saw her in a film in bed with another man. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what. And back then, you know, the studios didn't tell her that she had a stalker. She had no idea. They were, the studios were receiving a lot of mail from yeah. him. They were shielding right. it, her from it, this mail. And yeah, that, that late TV studio system was still in place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've, you've mentioned, you know, that you're working with, um, with the, the top or I should say the the premier, quite literally premier person, uh, working um, to get stalker legislation. Oh, I didn't even mention Congressman Schiff yet. I just mentioned Rhonda. I got Congressman Schiff. The funny thing about Congressman Schiff, who's so amazing, is that I started working with him before... You know, he was the head of the House Intelligence Committee taking down Trump. Like, what a love. I mean, I love him <laughs> yeah. so much. Like the first the first day I met him, I was just like, yay, our first Jewish president. He was like <laughs> laughing at me. I love him. Um, he's so great. And I didn't realize before this started happening to me, you know, you could be friends and work with your congressman. Like, I didn't know yeah. that it was something that, you know, and as I explained to him my proposals for legislation, which he then so graciously, he took my proposals to Department of Justice on my behalf and yeah. delivered them. Um, which his it, office is right on Hollywood Boulevard, right? Yeah, like he has one Western. there and one in Burbank, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that building actually is the Meyer Building, which is the original MGM building, and yeah. if you knew that, yep, yeah. just so it's a lot of history in that building. But, um, but yeah, so the first time we, you know, we sat down and I explained my proposal for legislation, it was it's like so incredible. And yeah, he took it to Department of Justice. And what's sort of ironic with my situation is so if you caught before, I share my stalker with Ivanka Trump. And so when Congressman Schiff delivered it to DOJ, everybody was very receptive. But this is leftover from Obama's cabinet. And then a week later, Trump's people come in. They kill the dog. It's done. I'm like, I, How share, ironic. I share a stalker with your daughter. It's a bipartisan yeah. issue. Like, why aren't we doing anything? And so mm-hmm. pretty much every article I call her out from like, like, you know, there's so many. You just it's like Daily Mail, whatever. I'm just like, let's get together, girl. Like, I, you know, I don't have to agree with your politics. But it, like I said, it's a bipartisan issue. It happens yeah. to everyone. And. Um, so yeah, so I, the other exciting thing was, um, my proposals for legislation were recently published in the Harvard Journal of Legislation, which is mm-hmm. pretty incredible. They're taking me very seriously and I've had invitations to speak before a lot of government agencies and uh, I've been working with different law enforcement agencies as well because it's, you know, it, it, you really can break it down. There's so many problems mm-hmm. with how we treat this crime for the first part. It's, um, really viewed as reactionary, not preventative. It's like, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll take them out when they've murdered you, like, Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, one of the other biggest problems is that a lot of these crimes they're treated as misdemeanors, which are just like nothing, right? right? So, like, even for me, like, I I did everything right. I got the restraining order. I also help people get restraining orders now. Yeah. My restraining order is violated every single day. And you think, yeah. oh, they're going to do something? They don't do anything. Um, and because, like, you know, in California, when you get death threats over email, it's like aggravated nuisance, it's just a nothing misdemeanor. Right. But it, all the okay. So one of the things I have to get into all the laws that I want to do. The first thing I wanted do is the electronic delivery of restraining orders because it took me five years to get it wasn't to get the restraining order nobody yeah. was denying that I needed it it was the serving because yeah. he comes from a wealthy family he bounces around and all you have to do is evade a process server yeah, just don't open the door. the door yeah right I, I, I've I have a vast experience with this I'm sure where so um common. you know um uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine her former husband tried to kill her and um 
they kept trying to serve him and he was just great at evading sure. being served and then he moved and it was impossible to serve him right. and I mean this was a, a situation he had like he destroyed all her clothes so she couldn't leave the house like she, she, you know he she had no clothing to put yeah. on like she yeah. was entrapped and naked and it was just like it was a crazy situation and it was amplified by drugs but the um you know you talk about electronic stuff and the age of email and social media especially yeah. has greatly amplified people's sure. false connection 100%. to people they've never met and the fact that facebook has recently in the last year started to make people use their real names mm -hmm. is a real terrible disservice to people who are trying to evade stalkers while yeah. maintaining contact with other people online. And there's one argument that is like, well, you know what? Facebook is, is, is not a necessary service. It's something you sign up for, so you sign up with these rules. But on the other hand, I know a lot of guys who have fake names mm -hmm. that are on that are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know that there's they're not double checking this, right. and it seems like there's either a weird double standard, there's a judgment being made about someone's, you know, um, online identity, and mm -hmm. really, who cares if it's your real name online? Like, why mm -hmm. why does Facebook care so much about this when clearly they have created a much more money dangerous for the data mining and all that stuff matters. To That's them. exactly is that why? It's... Is that maybe why? Yeah, you yeah. know that if if they know your real name, then they can sell real information, yeah. and that information is valuable to them and the person buying it so that's kind of bananas so um have you been trying to is i know that's probably one aspect of things that you've that's been trying just to one tackle. of many yeah i'll just i'll just run through them real quick so my argument going back to why we should have the electronic delivery is we've all signed e-documents of some kind foreclosure yeah. notices or are deemed as legal so i don't understand why if you can put text which equals a read receipt showing that the ip has in fact read it you know so that's the first thing is the delivery because it, the very first thing you have to get in place to get any level of protection is the restraining order. So, you know, we've got that. The second thing that I'm advocating for is a federal stalking registry because the states don't work together at all. Right. You could have 40 restraining orders against you. No one's red flagging you as being problematic. For example, when my stalker was placed by 48 hours, which we can get into the whole story, uh, they notified police, uh, LAPD were not really doing a whole lot for me um, at that point. So um, he was put into a mental institution. This is a week before Trump was elected. I'm thinking, okay, I'm finally, I get some peace, you know. Um, and then I get a call from LAPD Secret Service a week later that he has in fact escaped. It's been an entire week and I wasn't notified earlier because states don't work together. Right. So if I hadn't shared my stalker with Ivanka, I wouldn't even know he could have come and murdered me. Um, what ended up happening was he was caught a block away from Trump Tower, arrested by Secret Service. I thought, okay, he's going to get some real time. He got six weeks. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, I remember that hitting the news when they caught him directly in front yeah. of the Trump Tower. Yeah, it was really weird to be like, I'm on TMZ. There I am. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so, right. So the federal stalking registry, because we've seen it, even though the sex offender registry is kind of problematic. There's some iffy stuff. The thing about stalking is if you've obtained a conviction, you did it and you're terrible. It's so hard to get them, right? Yeah. So so with the stalking registry, you know, different states have different laws and some of them are completely insane. There's no uniformity. Like in New York in 2014, the state court there uh, said that a death threat via email is unconstitutional against freedom of speech. So I could send you a death threat in New York. It's not a crime. What is that? <laughs> I guess right? unless you're the president. It's insane. Yeah. Right. So I right. So I'm advocating for federal stalking registry and then a, a whole bunch of laws for cyber stalking and doxing. But the thing that I want to roll out that I'm most excited about here in California was I co-created an app with a friend of mine. So I'm going to do an initiative mm -hmm. where what I want to do is place an ankle monitor on somebody who's on probation for stalking. Mm -hmm. And then what it does is it links up to the victim gets the app. And if they break violation proximity, like you would get a warning on your phone right. saying your stalker is a thousand so you, feet away. 
you don't know where they are all the time. No, 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 no. So right, it's right, right. Not a, it's a only violation of, correct, of privacy. Correct. It's right. only when they violate. Right. That but space. if you're a felon and you've been convicted, you know, I should have the right to protect myself. So, right. Right. So I brought that to the city attorney and district attorney, and you know, everybody's sort of relevant, and they're just like, great idea, but it's going to be expensive. So I was like, so, okay, I've see, I have funded so many of my friends' art projects. We have a RoboCop statue in Detroit. Why can't I fund an initiative? So to my knowledge, I want to be the first person ever to crowdfund an initiative. So I want to be working on that within the next year. I've had so many, I have a lot of celebrity friends who've been really helpful. So, you know, I'll make cool videos, raise the money. And so the state of California, they can't say anything. I'll be like, here's the money. Let's just do this already. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing that I'm working on because right now federal stuff is a little difficult. So I'm yeah. going to start state and then roll out larger things. But yeah, I have a lot of plans for stuff. That's cool. And uh, we're going to take a little break right here. Um, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors. And I, and I think that it's great to, to have, um, I mean, this is a really easy topic to, to be on the right side of. You know, it's, you it's would like think. It's, it should be the easiest <laughs> yeah. topic to be on the yeah. right side of. And the fact that there's that there's such big push against it is surprising. But that's, again, you know, when when we um, we welcome on board people to to advertise on the show, of course, and we have a bunch of advertisers. Um, this is a prime demographic. You know, we do a lot of cutting edge stuff and often oftentimes the things that we cover on the show get picked up and, and covered elsewhere, which makes us kind of a point of origin for a lot of a lot of really interesting topics. So I encourage people who would want to advertise on the show to get in touch with me. You can get, get a hold of me through my social media, which is going to be at PodSec, P-O-D-S-E-Q. You can send me an email at info at popsequentialism.com. And uh, you can reach out to um, either myself or our, my producer, um, Mason, on, on social media. But uh, we'll be back in 60 seconds with, uh, with Lenora Claire. Hello and welcome back to Pod Sequentialism. I'm your host, Matt Kennedy. We are, of course, here at Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in the, uh, near the border of Hollywood and West Hollywood with Lenora Claire talking about um, a very important and, um, I mean, you know, a life or death topic here, really, where we're talking about um, enacting good legislation to... Um, to address stalking. Yeah, it's like I said before, you know, the laws in California, they were passed in 92. We live in a very different world. Uh, you know, we think about it. And you brought up a really interesting point. You know, it's 7.5 million Americans who are stalked, which to me says silent epidemic. But yeah. I think the reason why, you know, there's two reasons why I think these crimes are so misunderstood and not taken seriously. One, it's a crime which largely happens to women. Yeah. You know, I think that's a big, a big reason. The second thing is in the media and our understanding of these crimes is typically celebrity stories we hear because it's too scary for non-celebrity to come forward because mm. their fear of retaliation or, you know, like my my crime is different because he's just a guy who saw me in a magazine, so I don't have the emotional attachment. Typically, there's a lot of domestic violence overlap and it's much more difficult for people to come forward and tell their stories, so it's right. largely misunderstood crime. Right. So, you know, people don't really understand how it can affect so much of your life and I work with so many victims ever since, like, Vice called me the Aaron Brockovich of stalking, so now I've become this, like, beacon for people to come to me and I, you know, counsel to the best of my ability I help people get restraining orders yeah. and people don't realize that, you know, stalking largely is treated as a misdemeanor. And a lot of times when the stalker gets any actual jail time, it's because of concurrent crimes for things like vandalism. Yeah. Possession you know, of a weapon. Right. Yeah. And so like my friend who, even though her stalker threatened to like shoot her in the head and her son, he threw red paint on her car. And so it was considered felony vandalism. So we're clearly yeah. telling, telling people property value is more value than human life. And that's something we really need to change. Wow. Um, but California did, did have one sort of in the umbrella of all this stuff thing that got passed and went into effect this year, which is if you have a domestic violence conviction, you can't get a handgun. 
That's yeah, cool. That's like good. there's a lot of workarounds that we can do yeah. because I understand people are like, oh, my freedom. And like, I respect that. But there, there are certain things we can do that are really, you know, and, and another thing that I really tell people, because they may not realize it, is that in the last month I had two women who came to me who are like my stalker, no matter what I do, I've gotten off social media. They keep finding me. Yeah. And in both cases, I pull GPS trackers off their cars. So people don't realize that for $50, you can get this tracker. It's very simple to just to do that. And, you know, if you have like any real understanding of tech stuff, you can send people, you know, links that if they click on it and get to the GPS in their phone. So you, there's a, I'm not saying that, you know, because when you're victimized in this way, any technology can become really scary because yeah. it's a real easy way to get in. But what I like to teach people is that there's things we can do. Like I teach people, like, for example, with my stalker, I track his IP every morning. So I know where he is because yeah. police aren't doing that for me. Right. So because he just bounced around the country, I know when I'm at an elevator risk or if he's in another state, you know, there's a lot of prevent, like preventative and protective things we can do for ourselves. Right. I'm like, I'm not in any way saying get off social media because that's what happened was when I went to the police with my stack of rape and death threats, they said to me, well, the first thing they said was, why don't you dye your hair and get less attention? That's the first thing yeah, they said. Yeah. And I just responded with, he stalks Ivanka, he's as conventional looking as it comes and you can't victim blame me. So like, let's yeah. not do that. And then the second thing they said to me, and at that point I was working as a casting director for all the big shows in reality. I said, why don't you have social media? And I was like, yeah, I'm hired for my large social media outreach. I blast out casting. So no, I can't do that. Right. So, uh, you know, we've really also got to train law enforcement. Like you go to the fact that law enforcement, A, can't enforce laws that don't exist. Yeah. Right. Not their fault. But what we can do is we we can adequately train them because, you know, almost every department has like a special victims unit or just for different homes. They don't have these stalking units. And so they literally aren't trained for the intake and they don't understand what someone just annoying you that's going to stop in two weeks or something who's going to come and murder you. And let's stress something, too. You know, you mentioned um, something really important that, you know, in a lot of major cities mm -hmm. have special victims units. And yeah. within those units, there may be even a detail dedicated to stalking, too. It, well, uh, here in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, yeah, San, um, Santa Monica, yeah, we have the threat management unit here. Um, yes, but honestly, I only got into the TMU after I went on television. Yeah, it's really only for celebrities for the most part. It's not yeah. something, and 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 you know, while you hear like I I, I sort of joke about it because I have a dark sense of humor, but you know, if you hear the Sandra Bullock tape, which is absolutely frightening, when yeah. her stalker came in, it's like you know. Those of us, like I live in a studio apartment. I don't have a panic room. I live in the panic room. Like, where am I going to go when you're yeah. a non-celebrity or, you know, and there's this whole, and we're all in this sort of class right now, which is we tell people, get on social media, promote your thing, get as much attention as you can, hype it up, right? But we're not telling people, okay, now that you've got this additional attention, what do you do with the people who have crazy attachments to you that may not be healthy? Like, what do we do with yeah. this, right? So there's just so many of us in this sort of like weird area. And, you know, when you don't live in a gated community and you don't have security and you don't have these things, but you're just, you're getting all this excess attention tension yeah. you know so it's it's a particularly frightening time and you're no more or less likely to be stalked being a celebrity or not being a celebrity totally. i mean you're talking about seven million people yeah it's over that yeah. you know in excess of seven million people there's sure. not seven million celebrities right, in this country. Of course. Yeah. so when that if you take a look back and you're like okay well what happens when you're in Omaha, Nebraska, sure. where they have absolutely no legislation, no idea how to approach this topic because they maybe only know what they see on television and they yeah. think like, why? And, and people probably hear stuff like this. Why is he so fascinated with you? Yeah. I've heard police say this sure. to victims yeah. that have gone into the police department and yeah. it's like, what do you mean why? 
like uh he's obsessed you know it's like i don't know why he feels this way yeah, i'm exactly. not in his brain Be- because there's some level of mental illness is my yeah. answer like but i, I mean know. but th- that there's somehow that somebody is at fault because somebody is fascinated sure. with them sure. like it's it's completely beyond the victim's scope yeah. you know it, it's beyond any any possibility of fault and when even people in law enforcement have this kind of 19 19- 70s attitude I guess we'll say about it you know they, before they it started can. to become an epidemic um and you know you mentioned that the the first laws on the books in 82 it was as it, it was 89 was when Rebecca was murdered and 92 yeah. is in there 92 92 yeah. and so now also in that early time frame of early you know high profile stalker cases you've got Dominique Dunn yeah and but that was her boyfriend yes. yeah yeah it was, was yes. well an ex-boyfriend ex-boyfriend yeah and um and he and she was murdered um in West Hollywood, uh, out in front of a house, she was running lines with with another actor indoors, yeah. and it was the ruckus that was happening that neighbors called the police. Um, and he got out after not much time. That's right. Um, he did murder her, and he went right back basically to the job that he had had. Yeah, it was he he was a, he was a chef at yep. the restaurant, and the protesters they stood outside and handed out pamphlets that said, "The man who prepared your meal, you know." With those hands, he's who murdered Dominic Dunn. Yeah. So he got run out of town. Thank God. And you and you mentioned something that I I was completely unaware of, and you you even prefaced it by mm-hmm. saying you may not be aware because it got killed by a bigger news story that <laughs> a a reality show contestant was murdered by a stalker, yeah, Christina Grimmie. Mm-hmm. Christina, and a day later, the Pulse nightclub. That's right. Yeah, she um she's a really young girl. She started off as a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, she made these videos and she was just so incredibly talented and adorable, right? And it's like you, Justin Bieber, he also started as a YouTube star, yep. right? So we don't know. Like you go in, you have these two talented kids. One goes yeah. off, gets to have Justin Bieber's career. The other one gets murdered by her stalker, yeah. you know? And yeah, it happens. She, you know, after she she was the voice, that was the show that she was on. She was doing an appearance and then he came and, it's, and, he, and he murdered her in front of, you know, everybody at the, I guess it was like a signing and performance. And it made the news for a second, and then within 24 hours, the the Pulse massacre happened. Yeah. So I always say, a that's a conversation we the country needs to have about gun violence, uh, just in general. Yeah. And Christina's friends and family are trying to pass a bill where they want to have metal detectors at the smaller concert venues. Mm-hmm. I hope they can pass it. That's sort of like what they're doing to, you know, to yeah. do. To, yeah. But it's, I mean, even it's horrible. You mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the show that, you know, you you're in an art gallery. Yeah. Most art gallerists are there by themselves all day. All day, yeah. So, you know, like, I've I've been in situations where people came in and things got really weird. Sure. And, and, I mean, even in La Luz de Jesus, where my office is up, it's removed, it takes a bit to get to, I've had people rush, like, yeah. rush, run up the stairs to try and show me their portfolio. Clearly, nobody has ever gotten into a gallery by doing this. Like, no. this has never no. worked for anybody. True, true. But the mental state for someone to think that that's a viable way to to get what they want yeah. is common like it's it's much more common i think than sure. people think and so like i'm lucky in that number one i'm, I'm a, a guy and that um not that i'm super intimidating but that um that there was enough other people around that were like mm-hmm. you got to get i mean he was physically pulled back down the stairs and kicked out yeah. you know by two other very large guys a lot of women have jobs where that's not possible yeah i mean whether it's you know, art gallery is one thing, and that may sound a little bit elitist to somebody who's listening, you know, from the counter in a in um, a Seven Eleven someplace. 
a lot of people that work at 7-Eleven are the only people Absolutely. in the shop. And if you're a woman, you work at a, a gas station, at a photo mat, I mean, any place where it's a small place, then you have an automatic heightened level of danger that is just fundamentally due to your access. Sure. And so it's very important that there be in place some kind of legislation that can afford protection to people who are in those situations because the possibility of a crime is much higher. The threat is elevated. The um, potential for um, a, a simple threat to turn into actual violence is elevated. And as a crime of opportunity, it just is a much more dangerous situation. And if we're not protecting people in these positions, why do we have a police force? You've brought up a lot of questions. I mean, to be honest, if you really want to ask me the very root of everything, and again, I know maybe because my dad was a psychiatrist, I think it really starts, you know, thanks, Reagan, for getting rid of all the facilities. It yeah. really starts with the mentally ill. 1981. If we, if we address that first yeah. and foremost, even before we get into any of the laws, we're, we're not helping people. Because yeah. even like my stalker, I actually feel bad for him, even though he terrorizes me. He sends my boss death threats. Yeah. He, you know, like it's it's made my life... I can't even, uh, when they interviewed me in 48 hours, they asked me what it was like to be stalked. And I said, it felt like you're having your head held underwater and you're screaming and no one can hear you. And that's yeah. exactly what it feels like. You know, you just feel like you're drowning and there's, 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 there's no one coming to help you. And you're a super capable person. Sure. You know, like, and this is, this is a very different scenario for a lot of people too, is that yeah. you're, you're pretty empowered. You're pretty strong. Yeah. You have um, a, a very strong skill set, and a lot of people don't. And so when we're hearing you talking about this, and I mean, you can hear it in your voice, yeah. you know, you're re-experiencing a certain degree of the trauma when yeah. you talk about it, but you're able to, and a lot of people aren't as strong yeah. and don't have the um, the necessary resources. So where, what would you recommend to somebody who lives in Arkansas or, yeah. I mean, or even Boston? Sure. I mean, the first thing is, uh, you know, obviously you want to have open communication with your support system, whoever that is, because you need to make people aware. A lot of people feel they they feel guilt and it kills me because these victims come to me. They're like, you know, I married the guy. I did this. I have children with him. And they're terrified and they're so afraid to come forward. Yeah. So you need to make people aware of what's going on so that you have that emotional support. And they're literally like my neighbors all know what my stalker looks like. You yeah. have to create this support system. Right. Yeah. The second thing that, you know, whatever, even the restraining orders don't do a whole lot. It is the first line of defense. And I really advocate for it. And there's even things people don't understand. Like, for example, when you're in restraining order court, and I've gotten 12 other people restraining orders mm -hmm. so far, um, you know, they have the victim and the victimizer all in one room for hours sometimes. And I've seen the victimizer turn around and mad dog the person. And I always tell people, like, I think of this woman, she had two black eyes holding a baby. Like, that's the face of this crime. It's not, yeah. I'm sort of atypical, right? And why don't we have a partition, keep people in separate rooms? I've seen them being yeah intimidated and leaving so even just the process is incredibly intimidating for people just to get the restraining order sometimes a stalker is actually looking forward to that moment in oh court they're because thrilled they're in the same room absolutely like they're the same air they'll sue you civilly for fraudulent stuff just, just to see to you right you, yeah. i've heard crazy stuff so when people don't realize at least in california the way that it works is we have what we call a tro a temporary restraining order for two weeks and then assume you can get them served you've got to come back and then people think restraining orders are for like a decent amount of time they're, they're not. not most people then get six months i was lucky because because I had so much evidence, I got three years. Wow. There's no such thing as a permanent restraining order. Right. It doesn't. So you keep coming back. And there's a story. I, I, I want to be careful because I've been working with her friends and family. But there was a woman who's close to my age, and her ex-boyfriend was stalking her in domestic violence. He got some jail time. She moved two times to get away from him. She went in to renew her restraining order. She's like, I don't want to put my address.
address down. He doesn't know where I live. Judge pressured her. So she put the address down and a week later he comes and he murders her. I mean, these things happen, you know, people don't, you know, and that's exactly why I'm like, I really want to put ankle monitors on these people so that at least you would have, you know what I mean? It's like, it's unrealistic to say that they should get the jail time that I feel they deserve, but we can't, we can put certain, we have the technology, we have GPS in our phone. Yeah. How hard is it? It's not hard. Right. So there's, there's a lot that we can do. And yeah, it's, it's a really, it, it is a really emotional thing because like, I'm not the same person that I was before this. You've got to understand every job interview I go on, every first date I go on, I have to disclose, you know, and it's my, my mentor, the man who got me into reality casting, mm-hmm. he's an incredible person. I worked for him for five years when he got a death threat. Everybody in my office was terrified because the casting office, you come in off the street. Right. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to put other people at risk. And right. my stalker had tried to kill himself in one of Ivanka's stores. He's got a history of workplace violence. Yeah. So now I had this like guilt and fear. And it was it was like the worst feeling in the world. People that you love, the person who mentored me, got yeah. me in my field, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know. So it, it really does impact every part of your life. And then I, I worked with a victim who um, she's a tattoo artist and her ex-boyfriend was stalking her and what he would do was every time she get a job at a new tattoo shop, he would call in a false violation and get shut down for a week. Everybody would be out of work. Everybody would get pissed off at her. She'd have to go find a new job. It's like they infiltrate your life wow. just to exert any level of control or power that they have yeah. in whatever they can do. And then I have another friend who's, who's ex uh, husband, he made so many fraudulent civil suits against her that he was named a fictitious litigant in California. He can't sue anymore, but he did, I think something like a hundred, something crazy for not, cause you can just, you can sue anybody for anything. You're not going to win, but just to see her in court, you know? And then we've got stories of stalkers who, when they get a restraining order, they don't monitor things and then they'll try and get a restraining order against their victim and it'll get thrown out again, just to see them. And it causes a, an incredible amount of disruption, anxiety of course. and disruption. And yeah. I know you talk about like a tattoo artist. That's someone who has to use social media of to course. notify her clients that she's at a, a new place. Yeah, yeah. And so this is something that happens a lot and has been happening a lot for the last couple of years where I have friends that are um, asking to change their settings on their Facebook to protect other people's access yeah. to their lives. You know that, um, you know, I have a very private um, uh Facebook and that you I will post public stuff because I have to yeah um, but then there's also like a lot of the details to um, to my actual life are completely hidden people can't see my friend list you know and I think that's a really important thing sure. that I think everybody who's listening to this you should hide your friend list yeah um, don't let somebody who doesn't know you have access to who your friends are because if one of your other friends is being stalked and they know that you know them they're going to infiltrate your life and your social media as a means to get to this other person. And I've even had other people that were like, um, here's my number. Can you not put my name in your phone? Can Mm. you change my name in your phone to a name that you know is me, that isn't my actual name, in case your phone gets hacked by somebody who knows that you know me? Yeah. Type of stuff. And it is a little scary. But what I think is great is that what you talked about is – while technology can be this tool that's used by stalkers to get at their victims, you've just opened up a case for a whole bunch of, of ways that technology can help victims, yeah. you know, keep track of, of these dangerous individuals. And so what else what else is on the docket here? You know, what do you think is the next big push? What what is 
what's the protection? What's the next level of protection? And how can can listeners, you know, to this show and elsewhere help make these things happen? Yeah, I mean, just I talk a lot about personal responsibility as well, because, mm-hmm. again, like in no way am I saying make yourself less than, you know, but, you know, things like. But geo- you don't wear a, G- a Yankees jacket to a Red Sox game. <laughs> but, I just, but I mean, there's like things like geotagging. People don't realize that there's location embedding in photos and anybody yeah. is kind of clever. So turn off the location devices on your phone. You know, if you're posting something, post it. You know, no one needs to know that you're at the Grace Jones concert right then. Do it an hour later. The next day. Right, exactly. It's just sort of personal things that we can do. Um, Also, again, with the GPS trackers, I'm I'm shocked that I keep seeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a device that you can get where you can literally, like, sweep for it in your car. And you're, like, just sort of making people, yeah. Wow. I mean, that reaction is that my eyes got about the size of saucers. You know, the fact is, yeah, this is something you would need. It is, yeah. And then for sensitive communication, I personally like WhatsApp because it's double encrypted so just for your own privacy sometimes that's that's something you know that i like to do um and then as far as people ask me all the time they're like oh you know is there signal signals pretty good too yeah exactly um you know and then i mean i i've similarly to like when people with like domestic violence and stuff it's like if you're dating somebody and they're taking you away from your friends and exerting control all those sort of red flag things just really be isolation isolation exactly Those are, you know, um, and then and just I, I can't stress it enough. It's the the not having the self blame because you're already going through something hard enough. I, it kills me when I hear victims who, you know, they're like, well, I knew it was weird, but it was lonely. And I like, don't yeah. do that. Like you you have to, you know, be an empowered victim. You yeah. know, it's really important. And there's also I know um, I, we have mutual friends and you've walked them through a couple of scenarios. And one thing is, and it depends on your size. Mm-hmm. If you're extremely small, there's a certain amount of um, of confrontation that isn't good. And the best thing is to extricate yourself yeah. from the location as quickly as possible in a way that isn't necessarily an affrontery. Then once somebody else gets there, you can have a unified front and be like, okay, look, this is what's going on. You need to stop this behavior. Yeah. We're leaving type of thing. Um, because you do have to put your foot down, not only um, as a legal thing, like if you're going to be filing paperwork later, there has to have been a situation where you you said no and that this is not okay, and that's going to have to make it into a report, mm-hmm. but also that the way that um, that a stalker who, and, and someone that isn't necessarily full-blown stalker, but is exhibiting stalkerish activity, needs to be put on notice so that they know that you think that what they're doing is inappropriate. Whether or not they're able to digest that and sure. realize that there's something wrong with their behavior is a completely different thing, but that at a certain point that has to happen. But um, what are some early signs that you can you could point out to people that may not necessarily know that this is indicative of, of the possibility of a stalking situation. And what do you recommend that they do at different increments, like early on, um, after conversation, you know, after a date? I want to preface it by saying like, you know, there's, there's different books that people like, like the gift of fear. And I, but I don't personally feel that there's any like catch all because everything is so specialized yeah. to the, the it, both parties, you know yeah. what I mean? So there's no blanket statement and I would never want to say something that's like a universal anything. Right. Um, but I also want to say that the majority of these situations, what happens is, you know, maybe say it's like a bad breakup and then it occurs for a couple of weeks and then it kind of like, ends and that's that's typical these ongoing things are atypical um i i definitely you know because there's also two very separate 
you've got like my situation where someone that I didn't know who saw me in a magazine that has the erotomania. And that's particularly dangerous Mm -hmm. because it's like an advanced mental illness and there's no prediction. For example, my stalker, one time he saw a picture of me on Instagram out with my friends at a party and he sent me an email saying that he was going to kidnap me because I have special powers and I'm meant to use them to fight ISIS. And I'm not fighting ISIS and he's very angry at me for that. So he's giving me a kidnap threat because I posted a picture at a party. And what a rich fantasy life. Oh, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's, yes, it's so, it's so intense. And, you know, he doesn't work so he's all day to do nothing but stalk and harass people. I'm actually right. one of 108 people that he's named. He has a website dedicated to all people that he stalks. Wow. Yeah, and he like lists his phone number on it, so it's not like he's really that hard to find. But we and isn't that, that, I mean, wouldn't whoever is giving this guy a website, mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't it be easy for any one of the 100 people to contact the website? I mean, I've like, shut things down. I've shut things down. I've shut yeah. many accounts down. Um, but you know, it's, he's, and the people go, why don't you block him? And I'm like, he's forever creating new accounts. Like, and it's like, it's a, it's a full-time job. I will say one nice thing, even though I signed it on disclosure, so I can't say everything, but I did, I did have a nice, uh, Twitter contacted me asking what they could do to help, which I thought was really cool. And well, I can't say anything about what they've done you know yeah. or what they're planning on doing one of the things i suggested proprietary things are right using, right right yeah. that's all their stuff but one of the things i suggested that'd be really helpful so one of the difficulties is say you're being stalked right mm-hmm. and you have even restraining order they create a new account and they start harassing you from these new accounts and then you it takes sometimes up to three months to get the warrant to to get find out if the ip is in fact their ip right so you're like this isn't like you know just to prove and they just keep creating these new accounts so i would really like it if different social media outlets if you could like just like when you have to send an id to get a verified account if you could right. send them a copy of the restraining order and they would then just send you the IP like why is it got to be a big deal why I got to wait three months go through law enforcement who may not even want to go in they, a lot of right. times they're just like oh, so why if they could just provide that information that'd be so fantastic and I suggested that to Twitter now would that be um, a possible hiccup in that the stalker could file right, a well, restraining order against the person they're stalking and get that information but you're not going to get it granted. I mean, you could follow oh, a restraining order, oh, that's but right. you're it not going to get granted. it granted. It has to be granted. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Good, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And um, another thing is, and a lot of people don't realize this, so it's there are people who have social media accounts that, I'm mean, probably a lot of people that don't know everybody on their account. Yeah. And so it's Same. easy to say, you know, well, you should only add people sure. that you know. But I mean, if your job is social media marketing, you have to welcome people. And, you know, it's like I, I had to create separate accounts for the gallery because I was getting inundated with requests from people that we show. Mm-hmm. And nothing against them. They're all, you know, we show their work. Yeah, yeah. But I don't necessarily want to be friends with everybody because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not, not because that I don't find them all pleasant or whatever, sure. but that then it prevents me from seeing details of the people whose lives are close to me in my feed. Like, I I just don't see stuff again. I I miss invitations to events because I'm getting whoever posts the most, you know, and tags me winds up in in my notification feed on Facebook. And and now the Instagram um, algorithm has changed, not to necessarily the stuff that you want to see or even when it was posted. It's just it it makes up, oh, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you this. And, um, And I think that really Twitter's maybe the only one that seems to be pretty universal it's like mm-hmm. here's this was posted then this was posted then this was posted and you can you can kind of like oh, i don't want to hear about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without you know sending them a signal that you're you're not following them but i do think that a lot of people and, and maybe a lot of people listening to this don't realize that you know and there may be people that you don't think that they have a goal by having a lot of 
um, accruing a lot of friends on social media, but they, they may have a plan that you're not privy to. Sure, of course. And the sheer numbers are important to them. But um, certainly, if you are not in a, a career track that requires um, spending time online with a lot of strangers, mm-hmm. it might be okay to think about yeah. not adding them. Sure. Yeah. 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 But it, like I say, it's that's not possible for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. And like another just weird thing that I want to address because people ask me so many questions is like I was one of the things that was the most disheartening for me to realize besides the fact like, oh, wait, the laws don't work and law enforcement doesn't always help you. That was the whole difficulty. But the first show that I went on was a show called Crime Watch Daily. And I told my story. We had experts on, you know, the whole thing. And I got these tweets from women who apparently found my red lipstick very offensive and they said dress how you want to be addressed and I had this like real internalized misogyny and victim blaming from other women so I'm like I gotta shut that down like we need to have a real conversation about that and then the other thing on the flip side because always whenever there's a bad thing I like to give the good thing I've had men come to me and say how can I be an ally what can I do which is so cool when they do that and I just say just really you know Offer your support in a year. For example, people don't realize that when you're getting a restraining order, you're there for hours, like I said. And, you know, go sit with your friend while, while again, it could be a man or a woman. It happens to both. But, you know, just stuff like that. Just like really just like offer your support because something that small could be something so major for them. Yeah. You know, and going alone into into that environment in a police department and understanding that maybe it's not as easy as as you would wish it would be is an isolating experience. And so not having that um, someone in your corner, so to speak. To, um, to give you that kind of emotional support with the physical support of being there yeah. uh, makes it just much more difficult. And then you're less likely to do it again when you need 100%. to do it again because, like you say... You need to keep coming back. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. You keep coming back and coming back. And then you have to deal with the serving again, and it's just it's like this never-ending thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's just something. Um, I'm trying to think of what else are, like, the important things that I, I want people to know. Um, people can always reach me too. You know, I, I've, I, it's weird. Like states have such different laws. Like I learned that in Utah, for example, like I wouldn't have even been able to get a restraining order because in Utah, they only give it if you have a pre-existing relationship with your stalker. Right. Which is crazy. That's so bizarre. I know it's like every state has their own w- really weird take on things. Yeah. And, you know, um, but but definitely you you got to reach out to others and, and, and get support because otherwise it's such a weird isolating experience and. Um, I'm always there for people. People can reach me through my website or whatever social media and I like help them to the best of my ability. Or I, I, you know, one of the things I'm starting a nonprofit with my friend Peggy Farrell, who's a a lawyer. She's on the 48 hours with me and a stalking victim. And Peggy told me, and I didn't know this, that lawyers ethically are supposed to give 10 hours a year pro bono work. Mm -hmm. Who knew? I didn't know this. So, right. So we're going to, you know, call up every state bar association and be like, all right, lawyers, give us your 10 hours and make a state by state directory. So people can then find someone to like help them you know yeah. state by state and the other thing that I want to do with my nonprofit is I usually have my little dog with me my dog know me I didn't bring yeah. her here because I didn't know but um, that's another thing as a stalking victim it's so nice for me to have my dog with me when yeah. I go out it's such regardless a great regardless of size buffer. I mean and it could even be totally. a rabbit I mean it's totally like yeah any other living creature is is number one it gives you the emotional support yes. of having yeah. you know another living creature and, and there's that comfort aspect to it but also when you have anything else with you it's 
another problem that a would-be stalker would have to address, All of it. which will make them much less likely to to make a move on you. Yeah, Nomi's yeah. my seven-pound security team. Like, she yeah. lets me know what's up. But, um, but yes, yeah, so the other thing we want to do with a nonprofit is I want to get grants to adopt animals for crime victims. Mm-hmm. So it helps the animals and helps the people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just, there's a lot. It's like, like, where do we even begin yeah. tackling all of this stuff? Yeah, it's it's um, it's um a battle with many fronts, yeah. and every front is individualized. You you know, you address that. It's like that every single stalking situation is an individual situation, and each interaction is, a di- is an individual yeah. interaction. So that um, one person um, doing many stalking activities, that's not one crime. That's one person committing multiple crimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, um, there is the ability to try and file on each individual incident, which is important because you, you want to build, you want to build a case. Absolutely. You know, like that's, that's the, um, you know, if they got a jacket on you at the police station, you know, and I'm talking about the file jacket, not a coat that then the bigger that gets, the, the police take it more seriously. Yeah, and one thing I just learned the other day, because I, I guess I made friends with Rhonda Saunders, who's amazing. We, like, meet at the Cheesecake Factory. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> She's, like, my, like, homegirl now. It's like, oh, you're the, you know, you made the laws. You're so cool. Um, but she told me when she helped co-found the TMU, the Threat Management Unit here in L.A., originally they had therapists on staff mm-hmm. who could assess these, obviously, because of budget cuts or whatever. They're not there anymore. But it's right. like, why why don't we have that? Because you can't, there's no, there's no... Again, these the danger in this like blanket statement is like no, no, no. You need to really look at what's going on with each individual and their specific crime. And the thing is too, and I it seems so obvious, but I have to say it is like in the case of Christina Grimmie with her stalker, the best buy that he worked at. Everybody knew he was unstable. They didn't want him on the floor because yeah. he was a weirdo. They hit him in the back. If it's the same thing with the terrorism, and also Schiff also once said that stalking is terrorism to it an individual. It is terrorism. Yeah, it's terrorism to an individual. But I do, mean, seven. There are seven million yeah. victims of stalking. Yeah. There are like a couple thousand victims of terrorism right, in the United right. States, which is not to belittle that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, look at those numbers. That's a crazy disparity in right. in the amount of funding that is yeah. being thrown at one thing that is not being thrown at something that affects so many more Absolutely. people. Absolutely. With terrorism, we keep saying, do you know, if you see something, say something. Mm. Same with this. Yeah. If somebody is, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's the angle is is to get stalking classified as terrorism. I mean, and then we be you so have lucky. a whole other budget, right? We should be so lucky. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, but yeah, it's just, if you, if you're seeing somebody, like, cause that's the thing too. Like if you watch my 48 hours, my stalker's mother was interviewed. They also interviewed my stalker. Yeah. Okay. On FaceTime. Yeah. The man who people couldn't catch. Yeah. Yet he was an intern found him within an hour. So that's a whole other discussion. Wow. And, and FaceTimed with him. Okay. Yeah. So he's being FaceTimed and you can see how he he clearly says on, on the show, he's not going to leave me alone. And he's stalking me. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, the thing is what's unique with my crime is there's no, he said, she said, he makes videos about stalking me. He's telling, like, he write, he tweets about it. Website he's dedicated so, yeah, it. it's like, you know, and that's, that's so crazy too. But, um, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I was spacing on my, my even my original. Oh yeah, the the parent, the family. You know, his mother was on the show, and there's so much denial happening. Like, I'm yeah. sure it's hard. Not my boy. Right. Yeah. Well, no. She yeah. was. She's just like. She's like. He just wants to connect and make friends, and it's like, not with rape and death threats, lady. Yeah. Like, we're like, what are you? So you know, especially because they're a family of means. Like, you see her interview in the 48 Hours. This massive house, right? Yeah. 
super wealthy. So it's like, why don't you just put him in a facility? Yeah. Like, why, why don't you do that? Because, or are you going to wait until he had the, you know, the mass incidents that he threatens, he's going to actually carry it out and do yeah. it. And then you're going to be really ashamed at your country club yeah. when your son's this murderer. Because so. every, you know, for every squeaky wheel, there's a silent killer. And that's probably the case and not the exception is that right. most of these people are only identifiable as total creeps to the person that they're terrorizing. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's frustrating to hear this, of course, but I mean, it's important that people know because people yeah. just don't they know. Don't they have no clue. Yeah. And I mean, we've all worked with people that are, um, exhibit signs of, of maybe struggle and, and mm-hmm. with the right kind of, of interaction, things can change. And, yeah. You know, just like even inappropriate workplace behavior that with a little bit of simple addressing totally. in the right manner, it can it can diffuse the situation forever. Yeah. And like and then we talked about, too, like the reason why I came forward. Right. Because I was so glad the 48 hours um, episode that you interviewed him because there were people who thought I was full of shit. They did. Yeah. They were just like, you just want attention. Look at you. And it's like, no, I get attention. I don't need to make this whole yeah. thing up like that's, yeah. like, you know. And so after that, now people are like, I guess they see me more as like a sympathetic victim instead yeah. of just like, I want to want um, yeah. You know, but which is crazy that anyone even thought that I was making it up. Right, which is, right. Like, so, uh, you know, insane. Um, but, you know, I came forward because all these things sort of lined up. Like I'm somebody I, I grew up on TV, working in TV, I'm media trained. I don't have a, fa- you know, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. And that's why usually people can't come forward. And so it was just all these sort of things where I was just like, I got to say something, yeah. you know, and it has not been easy. You know, I'm, I'm finally dating somebody, but yeah. for years I like, I didn't even date. I just, yeah. it was just too much. Cause you can't, it's awkward enough on a first date. You can't sit down and be like, I know you're going to Google me by the way. Like yeah. it's just, you know, so it's really, it's really hard, and and if you want to just be supportive of a victim, you have to, you have to understand that it, like I can't stress enough the the ripple effect it has on every part of your life. Yeah, you know, which is why I tell the stories. I mean, about like you said, jobs. you know, like the the guy calling up and shutting down this totally. this woman's place of yeah. work. You know that um, I think that also. You know, when we were recording this in Los Angeles and clearly, you know, there's a lot of actors that that deal with this yeah. very, you know, thoroughly. Many have more than one stalker. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's a little bit easier for us to see it because if you if you're friends with anybody on social media, you'll see someone post something you're like, OK, what's that all about? Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I think that it's I'm glad to know that there's that there's a process behind wanting to change this that that you've got congressmen that are trying to bring forward an agenda people have been amazing so here's the thing since I came forward, I've gotten so much support. Like yeah. when, when different articles come out or on different TV shows, I've done so many now, I literally get hundreds. So what yeah. I realize now is lack of leadership. It's not lack of desire yeah. to help. I mean, I have re- people that come up to me and say, I'm in a band. Can I play a show and donate money? Can I donate a painting? Can I, what do I sign? What do I, yeah. so there is definitely, because the thing is once you sit down and actually it was weird. I did a, another podcast, like I don't know, a couple, I mean, I do them all the time, but this one podcast, the guy that was doing the audio, he looked noticeably, upset as I'm because he didn't he didn't know why I was booked he didn't know anything about me when I walked right, in right and after the end he ended up telling the story about how his mother's best friend was murdered by her stalker yeah. you know it's like you sit down everybody they themselves have a story or someone close to them has a yeah. story right so people 
the lovely thing in this, like, while it was difficult to go, oh, wait a second, law enforcement fails me, this justice system fails me, this sucks. But people, mm-hmm. people care. People yeah. hunt, people really. So, I mean, it's weird. I, I think, like, I'm going to go speak at Harvard. Like, people, that's the other thing, too, is, like, someone that looks like me can do it. You can do it. Like, whatever whatever your issue is, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just an idiot who works in reality TV and, and, and does funny art shows, you yeah. know? But it's like, yeah, now I'm doing this important thing. So you, too, can. We all have the power to do that. And people will listen. Clearly, you're not an idiot. <laughs> Claire, thank you so much for joining us. And um, shout out some some social media. Where, where are some places that people can get information? Sure. And places where they can help? Yeah. Uh, my website's LenoraClaire.com. I will soon be linking to my nonprofit. Um, people can reach me through Facebook, uh, you know, Lenore Claire, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Mm. There's a, a ton of great websites if you want to learn. The, to me, Rhonda Saunders is the, the greatest expert. Her website's stalkingalert.com. Like, so they literally made Lifetime movies off of her books. Right, she's, right. She's, I mean, we wouldn't have these laws without her. She's such a badass. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there are some great resources. And, and even just, it's weird. Like, if anyone just needs to talk, p- people write me all the time and I do answer. So... I'm, I'm here for people the best of my ability to. Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap this up. We want to thank everybody for tuning in again to Pod Sequentialism. I've been your host, Matt Kennedy. Um, definitely, you know, run down that list of sites. Um, be helpful. You know, when um, if someone comes to you and, and confides in you, number one, that's a huge first step for someone to take and might not have been easy for them to do. So give, you know, give them the benefit of your time and um and and be as helpful as possible because it is something that that affects a lot more people than you're aware of but until next week this has been pod sequentialism hello this is matt kennedy from pod sequentialism and um what many many of you may know that i i do run a gallery in los angeles called la luz de jesus gallery and what you may not know is that it's inside Wacko, which is probably the greatest center of pop culture in the world. And it may sound like hyperbole. It's not. Um, you can, If you don't want to trust my judgment, you can listen to people like Kevin Smith, uh, James Gunn, uh, David Mack, um, all of whom will swear that uh, one of their favorite places on earth is uh, Wacko, the shop that houses La Luz de Zeus Gallery. Um, whether it's blind box toys or little tchotchkes or art books, it pretty much is the place that you can get all of your Christmas shopping done for every possible annoying person to buy for that you can imagine. They've got everything, and I highly recommend that you visit them. You can visit them online at soapplant.com. You can visit the gallery at laluzdejesus.com, and that's spelled L-A-L-U-Z-D-E-J-E-S-U-S.com. Check them out and tell them Matt Kennedy sent you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.